Welcome to another episode of Sports and Discourse with your host, Derek Stevenson. And I got the one and only with me, the biggest Duke hater on the planet, Don Jarman. What's up, family? What's up with it, man? Hey, listen, I'm just trying to be fair. So I'm going to do a little little episode with at least one fan from each of the Final Four teams, right? And... You are the perfect guest to represent North Carolina. And the reason why I think you're the perfect guest is because you hate Duke. And lately, lately, man, I've been seeing a whole lot of whole lot of Kentucky hate. And I feel like um some people is is letting me down with the rivalry, but not you though. <laughs> and most people that know you know you are the leader of the fuck Duke united movement man so let me ask you a question when did you come up with the fuck duke united movement honestly i had a different hashtag for each sports group i'm in and i didn't have one for btg so it just came apart it was always simply just fuck duke to keep it very short it's extended to the foundation of which i'm the chairman ceo cfo at a health foundation, incredible organization. Absolutely, man. And um, I, w- I would like to say I'm an honorary member, right? Because yes, te- technically, I'm a Kentucky fan. So technically, I'm not a rival to Duke. But I hate Duke too, man. So every time Plenty I see Plenty of chapters. You, absolutely. Every time I see you put fuck Duke United, I got to love it. Because that's how I feel in my heart, man. And... um. Today, man, I just decided that I'm going to bring out my North Carolina Jordan jersey just to be on your side so we can hate on Duke together, man. So before we get into the hating, I do want to ask you, how did you feel about North Carolina hiring Coach Hubert Davis? I felt like he had been on the bench and kind of grooming for the position. Um wouldn't be truthful if I didn't say I would have wished we went different directions um, before Hugh. Because, of course, I thought about uh, Jerry Stackhouse. He's already been a head coach. Another former player, Wes Miller, who's over at UNCG, I believe. And he's been doing pretty good with that program. He's took him to the tournament a few times. They ain't made no big runs, anything crazy like that. But I felt like he had what it takes to embody to be, of course, a head coach for North Carolina. He's played in a system. He's been under Roy. He's played with, of course, a lot of upper echelon UNC players. So he knows what it means to kind of be in that spotlight. I don't feel like it would be too much for him. Because at one point, he was even our starting point guard when one of our guards got hurt. So he even had to step up in that role. But he was doing a great job. Uh, I can't lie. Had a, it took him a minute to enforce his uh, style of play because, you know, Roy – he wants two big men in the post at all time. You don't mind to play one in, four out, and stretch them out a little bit. So different styles was pretty cool. Nice change of pace. So so that's why you uh, – is that what you would say kind of maybe um, contributed to the sort of slow start y'all had, if you will? Yeah, we was playing like real selfish earlier in the year to transition. Hugh finding his voice as the head coach. Because that's the difference, being an assistant, you're not always running things. Typically, those are the ones who run stuff in practice, but Roy was pretty hands-on with everything and pretty adamant about what he wanted to do. 
And of course, Huber brings his own different coaching style. He's more relaxed players coach. I don't think you ever will even find a lip sync of this man cussing. Like, I don't know. He really doesn't get aggressive a lot. On the sidelines, you see Roy try to bend clipboards and everything. Like, he's aggressive. So you think um, maybe the players weren't buying in at the beginning of the season? Yeah, that too. And last year, even going in, it was a lot of selfishness. Because before we had uh, Walker Kessler transfer out, we had four or five power forwards or centers. Because we had Walker Kessler, who went to Auburn. Uh, Garrison Brooks wound up going to Mississippi State. We had Dayron Sharp, who went to the Nets. And we still had Mondo. So it was like a lot of clog for a big man even to get time, which is I felt Kessler was right in transferring out. He couldn't really get the time that he needed to really showcase himself. Garrison Brooks, he extended all four years. I believe he was a graduate transfer when he went to Mississippi State. And Dayron, he was just honestly the most physical and NBA-ready player. So – I want to ask you, when the season started, what was your actual expectations for the squad? Actual expectations? Uh, I, I had really light expectations. Like, I was looking at right at 20 games for Huber's first year. I was like, all right. Roy took him to the tournament, but I still expect you to win 20 games in your first year. So you're not stepping into no little time role. You know these players. You've coached these players. I know it's going to be a little bit change of style, but I was more relaxed. 20, 20 games, and I say this was even shooting high like Sweet 16 because I honestly, before it started, I didn't honestly think we was going to make it that far. So when um when was that moment where you felt it, like you felt the season was taking <clears> a turn for the better and maybe y'all could make a nice run like y'all did and end up in the Final Four? Initially, I want to say it goes back to the Wake Forest game, but then we even dropped the ball after that. It was a game we lost, like, right after that, in which, like, that was, like, the first time in the season I couldn't finish watching the game because I was like, I seen what y'all can do, and then it's just like, what the hell is this next time we step out on the court? And then we had uh, that uh, Coach K ceremony where we made him that LK humble pie. They say we didn't get nothing for him. I thought we got him the greatest going away gift, something he'll never forget ever in his life. Absolutely. And many generations going down his bloodline. I felt that was a perfect parting gift. And uh, let's dive into that a little bit more, man. So going into that game, did you, did you like, was you shocked by that? No, I wasn't shocked. I mean, it's a rivalry game. The first time, the first time around when we played him at home, we got blew out the gym. They were still playing selfish. It was early in the year. And it was just like, okay, y'all going to get done like this at home? All right, bet. Second time around, I just knew they wasn't going to have it. It was like, we got to at least show fight. Like, if we don't win, we got to bite somebody. Like, something, something got to happen. We got to leave our mark. And then, yeah, game just kept going on, and I just felt that I was like, ah, oh, yeah, we got all these Duke legends in the building. It was nice to hand them one L at one time. It was a lot of them in the building, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of them. It was crazy. That that night, man, I felt like an honorary North Carolina fan, man, because I was going crazy for y'all, man. Um, I ain't going to lie. I felt like it was a little shocking, though, just because I hate to say this, man. They're going to be mad at me, but I'm keeping it 100 with you. I feel like 
they do try to set things up for Coach K, or at least it feels like they want, they just want to hold this man at this high pedestal and they want to make, you know, they want him to go out on top. So I just felt like um, with him being at home, there was no way that he was really going to lose his last game, man. And it, it shocked the hell out of me, to be honest with you. I definitely feel you. And I feel like, I don't know, like I was able to transfer from some of my spirit to the players because they didn't give a fuck about it being his last home game. Like, all right, y'all knocked us out, but this is not how we going out. We swept y'all a year before. This is virtually the same team. It's not like we can't do it again. We got all these Duke legends in here. Everybody paid these expensive tickets. Everybody camped out to do this. Well, I'm sorry, but, you know, we gonna, we got to change the broadcast a little bit. This is not what y'all expected, and this is how we're going to hand it to y'all. Right. So um, when y'all uh, transitioned into the actual NCAA tournament, um, how did you feel about your seating and your bracket at first? Seating, honestly, um, because we didn't make – because we didn't make it to the ACC championship, I was really on the fence about us really making it to the tournament. And this is being an honest fan uh, because we didn't have a signature win all year. That signature win came on the last day of the ACC regular season, which was Duke. And I was like, okay, we got that, but what else did we really do? I was like, because everybody talks about it and a lot of ACC fans like really avoid this now since so many ACC people teams made it further in the tournament than other conferences. Honestly, I don't give a fuck about none of that. Throughout the year, Duke was the only ACC team that stayed in the top 25 throughout the entire season. If you go across any ACC member's schedule, they didn't play a ranked team unless they was playing Duke. So even when you think about that from Duke's perspective, they ain't even played like a ranked opponent since like, I believe their last one was either Gonzaga or something like that. After that, it was no ranked opponents. But Duke did get them signature wins early in the season, beating some of the ranked opponents. We did not, and we fell completely out the top 25. So I was kind of skeptical on us getting in, but that same chatter gave them like, we're not supposed to be here. The same thing with Michigan, who I called a team up north. Uh like they weren't supposed to be there. Everybody was rooting for who was it? Uh, was it Texas A&M out of the SEC? Yeah, rooting for them to go in. And Michigan knocked off a couple people before they left. So I feel like we had like some something to prove. Um, and even some of the scheduling was weird. Marquette, I ain't really think highly of them. That wasn't a big win to me. Baylor, they had so many players hurt through the season. I don't really feel like they really caught their stride ever because when they was fully healthy. Baylor was balling. Right. Baylor was a top team. And they usually play like four guards, something we're not good at because we simply can't defend the perimeter that great. And, yeah, beating them, then beating St. Peter's, I didn't give a fuck about that game either. I was just more concerned about our defense, staying disciplined and all that because uh, Coach Dame Dash up there, he ran some amazing plays. Like going back and look at his highlights, this is a beautiful game of basketball that that team was running. So one thing that um I had heard that was kind of interesting and somebody had made um a comment and they said that they felt like the refs kind of protected St. Peter's a little bit earlier in the um, tournament as far as allowing the the power schools to play physical and they said when North Carolina played them they really let North Carolina really play physical and it just seemed to overwhelm them. Did you get that sense? 
Honestly, the sense of that game was I feel like they got – what's the word I'm looking for? They lost morale at the beginning of the game because at the beginning of the game, we came out, hit our first five shots, and they first ten times up and down the court. It wasn't like they wasn't getting good shots. They just wasn't falling. So I feel like that kind of lowered their morale. And then, you know, at one point, I was like, yeah, this is their down seven. This is the largest deficit of the tournament. I was like, is this for real? I was like, so they really ain't even truly been punched in the mouth. Not really. Like during the whole tournament. <laughs> I was like, this is kind of amazing. I was like, because you got to be able to take a punch in the mouth. You got to take them and be able to give them for sure. Especially when you're facing teams like that as a 15 seed, you're always playing someone better than you. Always. Because when we play UCLA, I don't know how many times they punched us in the mouth. And it was just like we just kept coming back with the punches. That was the only win I was really satisfied with out the tournament, to be all the way honest. Um. The thing that I felt like, um, not to go away from North Carolina, but I felt like, I felt like Kentucky was better than St. Peter. It just they did a couple of dumb things down the stretch, and they missed some free throws, and I feel like they let them off the hook. And then somehow, some way, they just was able to get through the tournament. But I was just kind of waiting for them to run out of gas and. You know, I did everything I could to try to help them. I, I wore my, my jersey to try to jinx y'all. But something was just telling me in my heart. I said, North Carolina is about to stomp these motherfuckers, man. Like, I just could feel it. Like, I knew that they was just going to run out of gas and somebody was just going to show them that they were still a small, mid-major school, man. And y'all just happened to be the ones that did it. Um, So... You know, just moving along from that, now that we got the Final Four set, how do you feel about the first time y'all actually playing Duke in the tournament It's in the Final Four, man? Could you have imagined it any better than that? No, it's kind of written because, weirdly, the last time it should have happened should have been a meeting in the championship. It was, I want to say, 91 to 92. We played Kansas. Dean was still the coach. Roy knocked off Dean. And uh, I think it was Kansas-Duke. Yeah, and then Duke uh, wound up like beating Arizona that year. Uh, and, then, of course, that was one of the championships everybody considered Roy Trick, which he did. But, I mean, it was a pretty good team. Um, So, it's kind of a storybook, Ellen. It's really some Cinderella Disney bullshit at the end of the day. K's last year. His, this is going to be the absolute final time he gets to play us. It's a revenge game. We beat him at home. It's a lot of, I don't know, some sorry shit that I really don't care about because K really did some selfish shit this year and doing this, like, retirement tour, which, yeah, is completely beyond me. Because our coaches, Roy bowed out with grace. Dean bowed out with grace. They also won their last home games versus Duke. Let me just throw that in there. <laughs> but, yeah, it was like they just retired. They didn't, like, tell nobody. Like, the only way you could tell Roy is retiring last year, our last home game versus Duke, again, in which he won. Uh, he kissed the floor walking off. It was like, damn, Roy might be calling it quits. All this transfer shit getting to him. <laughs> he tired of all this bullshit. He can't coach his four-year, three-year, four-year players no more. Yeah. It's like, it's too much for him. Yep. And, you know, um, the one thing that Roy was good at, um, which Coach K used to be really good at, 
but he was good at getting high level recruits and being able to keep them for two to three years. And uh, it seemed like every like three to four years, North Carolina would have a super strong squad, man. And that's the one thing that Coach K had been able to pretty much do his entire career, except for these last several years. He's been able to retain top level recruits like juniors and seniors. And that's the one thing that's really hurt Calipari is he ain't really able to hold on to them. Even the ones that don't play that well, like I'm not going to rag on my guys, but like I don't really necessarily feel like Ty Ty played well enough to go to the NBA, but he probably will. And he'll leave another hole in the roster when he could come back and probably help the team get a little better, probably be a higher pick, man. But, um, that's one thing I always thought Roy Williams was good at, man. And I feel like, um, you know, most of the time I would say the best team doesn't always win the tournament. But usually when when Roy won the tournament, man, he had a powerhouse squad, man. And it was almost like, whew, like you just kind of knew what time it was, man. He he had some real powerhouse squads in North Carolina. Um Cause he coached the Hansborough and them boys, right? Mm-hmm. And then he had the one with like Sean May and them guys too, right? Yeah, yep. man, he he had some His power. First year in, he had first some, year in one with another coach's team, which was crazy. <laughs> yeah, he he had some powerhouse squads, man. What what's been your favorite North Carolina team over? Let's just say the last ten years, man. That's kind of hard, because. I believe it was that 08-09 team that won. That's when we just went to the tournament and just watched everyone. Gave Izzo a 20-piece in the championship. Uh, was it 15, 16? Whatever the year was, we lost to Villanova in the championship off the buzzer beater. Yeah. That team. That was when y'all had the one little left-handed point guard, right? That he hit the like yeah. the double clutch uh, three or whatever yeah. it was. Marcus Page, That's one of the most unforgettable biggest shots in NCAA history, just got followed up with a shot that mattered more. Yeah, man, that was crazy. Um, but to to bring it back to the Final Four, though, um, man, I I really hope that when they play this game. I hope they just they let this be a fair game and let the best team win. And if it doesn't happen to be Duke, I'm cool with that, man. But the one thing I want to ask you is, who scares you the most on the other side, man? Kansas or Villanova? Nova. Easy. Nova does. Is it because yeah. of the coaching or the players? It's a combination of both. I really like that program. Really like that program style they play how they come at you uh so i mean of course we didn't really used to think of them as a powerhouse they had their days way back when and what 90s then they kind of came back around um that's a team that has a lot of dog in them and they necessarily don't need that many star players I'm not saying there hasn't been some stars and some ballers that came through nova because that would certainly be a lot but the way they play that's that that's that east coast ball i like it that's what's up so what's your um what's your keys to beating Duke? Like how are y'all gonna get a successful win and, and move on to the championship? Keys. Control the tempo. We wanna run. 
we want K to have to use them timeouts to have to draw up something to get them a bucket. And then we go on another run and K has to call another timeout to draw up a play. So guard play is going to be crucial. Uh, we have to stay out of foul trouble because we're not that deep of a team. Seven people play, and those other two that come off the bench may get seven or eight minutes. Our starting five plays 30-plus minutes a game. Staying out of foul trouble, controlling the tempo, knocking down open shots, and honestly just coming out and punching them in the mouth as they should. It's like it's a rivalry game. It's the final four. It's like, okay. If we win this, we go to the championship. But right here is a championship right here, too. We're not going to really get a trophy for it. We are, but we're going we gonna to have a moral victory right here, too, just because this is a conference foe going into, of course, the biggest game of the tournament. So, I mean, we got to come out aggressive. We, I hate to say this as collectively, but, I mean, as a conference, we have to show up together. That kind of hurt to say, but yeah. Because <laughs> if Duke comes out slow and we punch them in the mouth, how's that going to make them look like? I don't know. They're, we're probably going to get five techs in a row to make it a free throw game so K can crawl back in it. Like, are they really going to let K get punched in the mouth in this last tourney game? Maybe, maybe not. This is some coach. This is some referees that ain't going to be K fans. It's going to be like, you had this coming. <laughs> Man, all I've been hearing is that they rigged the tournament for Coach K. I mean, heck, you can say the same about us. Look at some of the teams we played. The only team we've honestly played that was a real threat to me was UCLA. And Baylor was not fully healthy. Marquette never thought highly of them. St. Peter's, you wasn't supposed to be here. <laughs> just, let's just keep in mind. You wasn't supposed to be here. Man, that I, I still can't get over it, man. It just and you and you know what the thing that hurts the most is is that everybody else had success in this tournament. Like I honestly believe that my Wildcats had a chance, but it wouldn't hurt so bad if we would have at least made it to the Elite Eight or even the Sweet 16. But at all the big schools had success except for us, man. And that's what kind of um, – that's why I think my guy, Coach Cal, has been getting so much flack lately, and I've been trying to defend him, but it's been really hard, even though Kentucky actually had a good season. Um had a great season. They just had a couple of bad weeks at the wrong time at the very end, and um, it was hella disappointing. But it's just hard for me to really defend it when I see everybody else had a success this season, man. But um, but yeah, you yeah, right. y'all kind of limp towards the finish line too because it was between Ty Ty and Willer kept getting hurt, yeah. or they wasn't playing together, and of course they first year playing together. So it's just like, damn, we got the chemistry, we got to get it back. Damn, we lost the chemistry. Now the players are having to step up who's really not going to play in these crucial moments when it really comes down to it. It's like you couldn't really get the mode all the way together. Right. And going back to that St. Peter's game, the last play in regulation, Grady was supposed to get the handoff and shoot the three. Willer did not have the confidence in him handing that ball off and him taking a shot. Got to let a shooter shoot, man. Then he wound up going up under the rim, passing it to Ty Ty. Ty yeah. Ty shot off balance. He was hella out of control when he was making his move, man. It it yeah. almost seemed like he didn't really know where he was going or what he was doing. And play wasn't for him. <laughs> and and the shot we got was just terrible, man. But the the thing, you know what else shocked me in this tournament? As soon as y'all got finished busting St. Peter's ass, the coach like he didn't even, you know, what I'm saying 
get back to the hotel room before he already done took the seat and hall job, man. How you feel about that? I kind of think they knew it was his last rodeo. You think so? Like, you think, yeah, he got you think his players was, was all like, aware? Yeah, that seat and hall job opened up at the end of the regular season. Well, after conference tourneys, I'll say. So it was just kind of like, yeah. Do you, gonna be the do you think he told them before the game? Like, when do you think his players found out? I think he told them, like, before, like, the, like before they got seated. Like, before Selection Sunday. Because, I mean, they had, like, extra fire. Like, they've been good all season. Uh, I mean, to their standards, of course. Uh, yeah, and they just came out with some extra fire, extra locked in. Because I don't think they had played no blue blood, no high-ranked caliber opponents during the whole season. They beat up on people in their conference and whoever they scheduled early on. But, I don't know, I just feel like he gave them that uh Phil Jackson uh moment like this is the last dance like right. I'm not coming back <laughs> if y'all want to come y'all can come but let's do something here yeah man um do you think it's possible that a seed and I and we don't even got to go all the way to 13 I think um is it the eighth or the ninth seed might be the lowest that's ever won a championship I ain't for sure, but I think it might be like eight or nine. But what I'm what I'm trying to ask is, do you think that we'll ever see a seed that might maybe like twelve or lower ever actually be able to win the championship? Yeah, you think it's possible. I think it's possible. Cause, cause, see, here's my thing, right? In order for them to most of those seeds to even get in the tournament, they're gonna have to win their conference tournament. So you're gonna mm-hmm. have to you know, you're going to have to do several games in the conference tournament and then turn around to win the NCAA tournament. You might be talking like 10 games in a row. And that's the part that makes me a little cautious is that I just feel like it's it's super hard to win 10 games in a row. So that's why I was just wondering if you think it's actually possible for one of those schools. I think it's possible, man, because typically those small schools are built around shooters. And once a shooter really gets locked in, it can be scary hours for any team they facing. So if any one of them can get locked in, make them play a little bit of defense, can stand getting punched in the mouth, I honestly think it could happen. St. Peter's took a real good shot. They just – they shots just stopped falling in the wrong game. Yeah, man, they just ran out of gas, it looked like. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately for them, y'all put them back in their place, man. <laughs> And man, and North North Carolina's the hottest team right now, man. I I feel like uh once y'all took off, man, y'all just uh y'all just been playing some ball, man. And um it's crazy when it actually kicked off because we actually down a starter right now. Whatever happened, man. Um Great value bird got the start, man. He was coming off the bench in the season. We had this player, Dawson Garcia, who transferred from Marquette earlier this year. 6'10", light-skinned guy. He can play outside in the paint. He was super soft, charming. But, like, he had to leave for, like, some family issues. Like, his dad was in ICU and his grandma was in ICU, so he stepped away from the team. Brady Manick stepped in. He's a shooter. He finally got to put up enough shots, catch a groove, because he's always been a starter, so he just kind of found his footing, and that kind of helped a lot, too. 
there was no more really uncertainties uh, changing in the lineup after that happened. That's what's up, man. So anyways, man, before I let you go, man, because I'm going to go on and wrap it up with you. I ain't going to hold you all night, man. But before I let you go, I need you to give me your scores of the final four. Uh, start with Villanova, Kansas. This is tough because Villanova just lost a hard, nice core piece to their team. I say Kansas 81, 73. So Kansas in the ship. Ninety-one, eighty-four. North Carolina moves on. I definitely think uh, you definitely got a shot at that, man. And then what y'all gonna do to Kansas when y'all get there, man? Uh, I, honestly, I think we'll implode that game. You do because it's just like, yeah, it's just like, ah, <laughs> uh, man, we just did this. Like, uh, it's it's kind of gonna kind of be hard to hype the team back up after that. One, honestly, it'd be hard to hype me back up. Like, damn, okay, season end of the day. Like, go ahead, cut down the nets with shit. Man. We did good. We did great. <laughs> man, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Um. Me being the Kentucky guy, man, I would prefer for Kansas or Villanova to take this one home, man, because y'all getting a little too close to Kentucky over there, man. It's making me this a little nervous, man. Seven. Yeah, seven, yeah seven. seven's much too close for my taste, man. I need I, I, I need one of these other boys to step up, man, and make some noise over on that side. But I don't know, man. It, right now, <laughs> man, I, I feel like uh, North Carolina is definitely the hottest team. Um. You know, you can't count Duke out. Never. It's it's actually, man, all the teams in the Final Four are good, man. And and it's crazy because. No, no. Kansas is. Suspect. Kansas, Bill Self, yeah. That's, they, they suspect. Bill Self, man. <laughs> man, listen. And see, this is why I have to have these conversations about Cal because people don't never hate on Bill Self enough for me. I'm I'm cool. See. I'm cool with you hating on Cal, but I need you to give some of that to like some of them other guys too. Cause Bill Self has fucked up some good squads, man. He has. The only thing with Self is he's in the Big Twelve, not the SEC. Self is president of <laughs> Big Twelve. Like they win regular season every and year. tournament every year. Yeah. Sometimes Cal don't win regular season. Sometimes he don't win SEC tournament. Right. They typically make it further than the other SEC teams. So self is bringing home hardware virtually every year. I got you. It's just not what the other fans want. And then they look at it too, like shit. Fuck, we gonna replace them <laughs> like they they know. <laughs> it's tough, man. Um, I just feel like um, it's not really a whole lot of hot new coaches and a lot of the ones over the last several years to me i feel like have flopped like a shaka smart some of them other guys i feel like they just ain't really live up to the hype that i you know what i mean like they was the hot coaches and then all shaka sudden, smart is the equivalent to the utah jazz great in the regular season tournament playoffs come around don't even recognize them yeah, man. I mean, he was making hella noise in the tournament, and then he got his opportunity, and then it's just like he's looking super regular out there, man. And some people have been talking about Brad Stevens and 
But see, he's not coming back. And and he's, here's he's here's what back. here's my thing with Brad Stevens. I just wonder, is he really that good, or did he just have pro talent on his team? Like, luckily, he just ended up with like a couple of guys that play in the NBA. One of them was NBA All Star, and then he had another guy on the bench that was a hair away from making the league. And I'm like, is he a good coach, or did he just get blessed with a fortunate situation? I don't know. Stevens is a great coach. You believe in him? I believe in him. Because uh, Shelvin coming from here, I mean, did he get anything bigger than Bud with him? No. Gordon Hayward, even coming out of high school, I don't think he had, like, a lot of great offers. Like, I f- he found players that fit his mode, wanted to play, and I feel like he coached them up. Also, I felt like he couldn't find players like that again, so he dipped while the grease was still hot. <laughs> I, I agree with you. <laughs> he, he did good. Yeah. Then he got blessed with that Celtic situation because uh, he had Tatum. Who was there when he actually first got hired? I can't remember. It wasn't Tatum because that was before Tatum got to the league. But he did good. Um, GMs blessed him because Boston. What, did he coach the team with, uh, with Isaiah on it? Yeah, he did. When they when he got hurt and they made a little run or whatever. Yep. Then they even took him off the court, made him a GM. I was like, you obviously have an eye for talent. He well, he can find another coach, but yeah, made him GM. He's highly respected. I think Holloway could be in the same mode. I kind of honestly wish Syracuse would push Boheme out the door because that would be a perfect school for him. And and that's another one where I wonder like. How much longer is he going to be at it, man? <laughs> like, hey, man, he's not stepping away. I think he might maybe after his sons go. Who knows? I knew he was going to coach his kids for sure, but he's one of them coaches that's been around I don't know how long. Yeah. We'll see, man. But anyways, man, we're going to wrap it up. But before I let you go, man, I'm going to just let you say whatever you want to say to the Duke fans before we get out of here, man. I always got a mouthful for them. So it's always fuck Duke. Fuck Duke United is the foundation that I stand on, that I breathe. Like Bama fans walk around, uh, Bama screaming roll tide. I wake up in the morning and I say fuck Duke. So it's just kind of, it just kind of slides off the tongue. Uh, I can say it when I'm upset. I can say it when I'm happy. It doesn't really matter what mood I'm in. Uh, Coach K lost his final home game. That was, that was amazing. Put that rat face bitch where he was supposed to go. All that shit, crying. I ain't want to shake hands. All this bullshit. Man, we fucking rivals. Fuck the handshakes. Fuck the hand lines. Put this ball center court. Let's go. That's that's it. We don't shake hands. That's it. You know we have media days and shit for the season start to shake hands and all that extra shit. But yeah, man. Most of these Duke fans hate them all. Uh, Daniel's biggest one. I got Chris. I got Eric Gurton. Uh, can't remember him. Leon. I mean, honestly, niggas don't even really matter. It was like, because, of course, with a better program, before K came around, they wasn't even considered a blue blood. People probably couldn't tell you shit about Duke before K came along. We a program. I don't know how many coaches we've had that took us to the Final Four. We got more ships. We got more wins. We lead the rivalry. Honestly, they are little brothers. Like, I don't know. I don't know why they... They got they got short man syndrome for real. That's what they really do have. And beat up over us a couple of years, but we still up on the all time 
head to head about what 30 40 games that's a lot so yeah they really need to find a fucking chair and sit down sometimes get on my nerves arrogant bastards well there you have it man and uh we'll get back at it again on sports and discourse with Derek stevenson 